have a live and silent auction, paddle raise door prize, hors d'oeuvres, cocktails, and more. In Bloom, a Sheridan Community Land Trust fundraiser presented by Sheridan Media, Saturday, September 9th. Find out more at SheridanCLT.org. Now is the time to get those exterior paintbrushes rolling. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Our True Value Paint Department has so much to offer when it comes to exterior painting and staining. Whether you need help with customized color matching or choosing a paint color combination, our True Value Paint Department is here to get you going. We offer a full line of True Value and PPG paints, plus all the accessories you need. Great paint, great store, the Sheridan Commercial Company, and office supply store open seven days a week at 303 Broadway. At Sunlight Federal Credit Union, we know how important convenience, time, and flexibility are for you. That's why we've joined the Co-op Shared Branching Network, which gives you access to your account at over 5,600 branches across all 50 states. That's just one more way we make Sunlight Federal Credit Union your branch for your funds, no matter what you're doing or where you're at. Join Sunlight Federal Credit Union today and start experiencing the credit union difference. September is here and fall is in the air. Are you ready for the cozy season and wine night? This year it's Wine Fest on 9-9, dressed to the nines. Put on your fancy best and join DSA downtown on Saturday, September 9th from 6 to 9 p.m. in Grinnell Plaza. Sample different wines and spirits from around the area, take part in silent auctions, and enjoy a gorgeous spread of hors d'oeuvres. General admission is $50. The champagne reception is $50 with exclusive access to vendors and, of course, champagne. Purchase your tickets now at downtownsharon.org. Champagne reception tickets are sold exclusively through Verdello Olive Oil and fine foods. Hi, this is Ken with Prime Rate Motors, and we are looking to buy your clean used vehicles, campers, UTVs, and tractors of any age. Are your payments too high? We will also downtrade you out of your current vehicle into a more affordable one. Or if you just need a professional assessed value of your current car, truck, or SUV, we do on-the-spot appraisals. Stop by 2305 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan or call 674-6677 and also see our full inventory at Prime Rate motors.com heads up whether it's at work at home or play take a few seconds to look up and locate any overhead power lines when working outside be sure to keep yourself and any tools or equipment you're using at least 10 feet away teach your children to fly kites or toys in areas away from overhead power lines and do not attempt to remove anything that has become tangled with a line always assume an overhead power line is energized and dangerous a safety message brought to you by montana dakota utilities in the community to serve the Total Store remodel is underway at Legacy Diamond and Gems. They are open at a temporary location, 17 East Lauk Street, between P.O. News and the Chocolate Tree. Legacy Diamond and Gems will continue their full-service jewelry and watch repair and personalized custom designs from their two graduate bench jewelers. You can also set up an appointment to view inventory from other departments. Legacy Diamond and Gems will reopen soon. In the meantime, visit online at LegacyDiamondGems.com or stop by 17 East Lauks in Sheridan. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning, I am joined by the chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and captain of the force, Tom Ringley. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, boys. Now, uh, let's see. You've got to turn your mics on. That was my fault. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, with less than a month away, 
looking back on all the events that happened this summer, how do you feel that it went? I feel like we didn't have as many big events as we've had in the past. And maybe that's just because I was here for CVMA, which was considerable in size, the amount of people that came in. What's your evaluation, Chief? I think overall it was a, it was a well-attended, consistent summer. I guess I'd call it that. Yeah, we didn't have some of the major events that brought in, I mean, like the, like the, the, the uh, motorcycle rally and all that, but town was always very, very busy. Our calls for service to the police department were very high, um, but uh, no, not problematic in, yeah. in that we didn't have any major uh, crisis, which is a good thing. Knock on wood, we won't, you know, keep it that way. But, you know, I, I think summer went well. It's, go, it's going well. It's amazing that it's gone by already. It was like lightning quick. It seemed to go by. And I think a lot of it, you know, the, the spring and the, the weather kind of drew. It didn't seem like summer when summer actually started. But, uh, <laughs> Agreed. No, I, overall, I think, uh, you know, the, the community... Uh, with the construction downtown, I think maybe that's kind of you know, I, maybe the illusion of an impact. But we've we've been busy, and I think the town was stayed stayed relatively busy. I think that the tourism industries remain strong here in Sheridan. We're a destination now, I, not just a pass through. I, I think yeah. we switched from a, a a quantity to a quality um, yeah. event model. It, yes, we no longer have one big event where it's basically an outdoor bar, and the sole motive is to sell as much alcohol as possible and um, now we have uh, event stakeholders that put on quality events that are not only quality and uh, whatever means of entertainment they choose to present. And we had multiple fairly big names in town at the same we time really at different did. events, uh, but also very responsibly um, catering to their to their to their guests and making sure they have a good time, but just not having anyone overindulge and, or, and or making alcohol the sole the sole focus of the event which causes pretty rambunctious yeah. behavior so as we all know the, yeah the hat should really go off to the event holders yeah they, they've been really responsible and solicited our help even when we weren't um when we knew they were going to do a good job anyway but irregardless they still ask us for for our, our input on stuff which i think is fantastic because you know an event is going to make more money off of the entire family than it is, uh, you know, maybe just a couple or a couple guys showing up or, or a couple girls showing up. You know, the the family orientated events are really, I would imagine, yeah. and are the money makers. A conversation we both had with Sean Parker from uh, Travel and Tourism probably five or six years mm -hmm. ago about the, the need for a switch because we were getting a lot of negative feedback, um, specifically on Rodeo Week. Um, from from the people that actually live here, yeah. um, and and have to kind of live with the aftermath. Um, not that it was any damage done, but just the image that it, it gave Sheridan. And now everyone seems a lot happier. It's not um, it's not and, very fun to wake up to yeah, someone passed out in your yard. Of course, this line yeah. of conversation is going to upset some people who probably still think the city holds this supposed to stage a street dance, which we never have. But it's from from our vantage point and the feedback we get from the community is that it's a lot better than it used to be. And I would imagine, uh, again, more money is made by each establishment holding yeah. their own smaller events instead of one large event where everyone kind of goes and competes together. The smaller events spread out throughout the entire yep. week, I would guess, is, is bringing in more money as opposed to just one big event <clears throat> at the end or the beginning of the week. Yeah, it, it, it's really hard to tell other than to look at the uh, sales and use tax for alcohol, which is usually running about three months 
behind. Uh, we get the numbers yeah. three months after the actual sale. Now, for almost two years, there's been a national police shortage. Uh, you know, this morning I was looking through some articles. Some are even calling it a crisis in certain areas of the country. Uh, how has the Sheridan Police Department been doing with staffing issues? This is something that we talk about quite often. It is, you know, at times it's a concern, at other times it's not. How are we doing currently? It, it's a struggle for us as well. We are experiencing similar um, issues with filling positions. We're allocated 31. That's our, that's our staffing level for sworn officers is, is 31 positions. And currently we're sitting at 27, and we've hovered at that mark for quite some time. Um, it's challenging and that that the number of applicants that that we used to see is it, it's a complete different um ball game now essentially we're not seeing the the vast numbers of, of individuals want to enter the profession um and, and and you know my colleagues across the country that i that i've talked to they are experiencing the same thing and and there's other ancillary issues that go along in each community each community's got their different problems you know whether it's a community that that hasn't you know a police department that that has made mistakes and loses the community trust that they they need to earn so individuals don't want to go work for that agency because they haven't always been the type of agency they want to be or if it's a financial issues you know sheridan's housing market is challenging for some um but they're but thankfully people have recognized that and they're working on it but all in all you know the profession as a whole has experienced difficulties in recruiting new personnel. Yeah. Now, when we look at how many officers that we have and how many that were actually allocated, uh, in discussions with certain city council members, they have heard, and I'm not saying that this is frequent, but it has come up, that some people out there, some residents may feel, well, there's just too many cops. That's where we're putting too much of our money. But we're allocated 31 we're not even well technically the, fully staffed the, and, and the thing is that 31 is it's not a national you know you hear a lot of agencies referring to national standards and this and that that's from a ma mathematical formula provided by the um international association of chiefs of police that's based on our schedule our calls for service and our types of calls and that's 31 patrol officers to answer our call load um so it's not a made-up number. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a fact. And every once in a while, just for our own entertainment, Chief Kultisk and I will will do the math uh, officers per population, which is not a valid. It's model. just anecdotal yeah. or playing around. But we yeah. do it anyway, and we're lower than everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, um, specifically Billings, we have less officers per thousand. Um, we usually hover about one point four, one point four to one point seven. And granted, Billings is. A much busier jurisdiction than we are um so and so they have their own model for yeah. resource allocation um but we're 31 will put us where we need to be but then we still have to um we still have to c consider community expectations yeah and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do another um staffing allocation study this fall oh and, really yeah I, it's something that as we're working on our strategic plan for the police department that we feel it's important to routinely do an allocation study um, at regular intervals to ensure, like the captain said, to ensure that the, the community expectations of the police force are met. Mm -hmm. And that's what it boils down to is what service we provide, we maintain or enhance that in every way possible while still re uh, remaining 
fiduciary responsible to our community and to the taxpayers. Yeah. And another one may just be image. Um, Captain, you and I have talked about this. Our officers don't find a hole and sit. No. They drive throughout the city. They walk throughout the city. They actually patrol. Yep. And, and they're out there making the rounds. So you may see two or three patrol vehicles yeah. within a half hour, but it's different officers well, it's, just it's, doing their job. Two points. We could easily be at 31, um, but we're not going to hire the wrong people. And by wrong, I don't mean people that aren't good people or good officers, but we aren't only hire officers mm-hmm. that fit in with here and, and the vision that we have here. Um, and the other thing is, um, if you see t- two officers in an area, it's because that's an area that's been identified as an area that needs particular attention. Um, mm-hmm. So late late at night, early in the, in the morning, you're going to see more officers along certain stretches of road to where during the 10 o'clock on a, um, on a Wednesday, there may be two officers in a coffee shop meeting people yeah. and taking a little bit of a break. So yeah, that, and that's kind of our job is high visibility enforcement is to if people think there are 16 officers on shift as opposed to however many are, then that's a good thing. And what did the politicians used to say? A cop on every corner, yeah. right? Like that was a, a, a promise to America yeah. all the time. I'll put a cop on every and corner. That, that's the interesting thing. I, I know Texas is just mandated an officer in every school. Wow, um, yeah. In every public as school. As a state. And I don't know how they're going to achieve that when departments down there have the same staffing issues that we do. Yeah. So it should be interesting. And and we have two SROs. We do. Uh, with the city police. Correct. Uh, and, and they're out uh, doing their things, and correct me, that's Hawkins and Phillips. Ben Hawkins and Megan Phillips, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, if we, if we break it down, we have, you've worked to develop a culture. And I'd say that, uh, you know, it was since you were hired, Chief, and, and you were promoted, Captain, basically coming together as a team, really guiding this new sense of, of community policing along with uh, a, a different type of problem-solving culture uh, that you're really looking for. So if an officer, a potential officer out there is listening, what are we looking for when we are doing those initial I, I think interviews? that's one of the the reasons for our success in getting the right people is if you look at our job advertisements, it's not a job description. If you get on the, a lot of the police sites or even uh, like Indeed, it's just a job description. R says Chief Coltisk would like to welcome the right, essentially Chief Coltisk would like to welcome the right people to our community. It's, it's aimed at the people who recognize and will respond to that uh, personal driven message rather than a bunch of here's how much we get paid and here's what the job is. So the people that rec- recognize the message we're trying to get out from step one mm-hmm. uh, are, are the people that are responding, not the people that want to come in and just, just arrest people. Yeah. Although we mandate arrests in, in certain circumstances and it's usually based upon probable cause, um, it can still be a very people-oriented officer, uh, candidate that, that applies with us. One must have that intrinsic motivation to serve the community. That can't be taught. Um, And those that come in with external, that that they hope that the needs, their own personal needs will be fulfilled by the job. There is a little bit of that. You have to have that satisfaction, that personal intrinsic motivation to want to, that when you help somebody and you, rather it's making an arrest. I mean, sometimes, oftentimes making that arrest helps another individual, right? or whether it's whatever kind of service you can provide that helps the, the individual, 
they have to be intrinsically motivated. It's got to come from within. They can't. It's not just that external reward of the of the the paycheck or of now. Don't get me wrong. It's important. We got all got to put bread on the table for our families. Um, but and that all boils down. And we've talked about many times character, um, mm-hmm. and and having that 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 the character that wants to serve the community and, and does it for the right reason because it's it's ingrained into them and that's just what what they are that that's the type of person we want or somebody who has that life experience that that they can draw upon when they're encountering different situations it's all very very important to be successful and it's very well and that first step of success is getting hired by our department you know Mm -hmm. if you were to transpose kind of our mission over the hierarchy of needs which most people are familiar with is a pyramid shaped and at the bottom is the base needs um, which is food shelter physical protection our primary mission is community safety yeah and keeping the streets safe and keeping the wrong people off but we're able to move a little higher up the pyramid now to where we can focus on you know the the higher up on the real uh, hierarchy needs is sense of self sense of security quality of life and that's what we're able to focus on. We're able to focus on issues a little higher up on the pyramid because we've taken care of the, the bottom level. Priority the number funda- one is done. The yeah. fundamental mission of a police department is community safety. But now, because, and let's not sell the community short either. This is a fantastic community that wants to have a high quality of life and yeah. gets the right people in the right uh, positions to, to help with that. So we're able to focus a little higher up on the pyramid. And when it comes to uh, individuals who are potentials for this how many to your memory have spoken to you maybe on the phone via email and then had to withdraw their application due to housing issues it's happened a couple times to my knowledge we've actually made a couple offers of employment and where they had to withdraw because of the housing Um, but that's not the you know that's been I think two in the last three or four years. Yeah. Okay. So it's not it's yeah. super not frequent. We, we we just don't know which ones are maybe um, don't apply because they look at that look at that market ahead that's of time. True. Yeah. You um, never know, yeah. would you? You just don't. That's the, that's the unknown, right? It's like the amount of crime you prevent is hard to determine as well. You can only look at your crime rate that that actually occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we don't know how many have said, well, that looks like a great place to live and work, but. Uh, housing market's the highest in the state and the cost of living index is the second highest in the state so and i'm sure and trust me it's not just the police department that's that's pretty much every job in sheridan right now with yeah. every, everyone's experiencing it so um yeah it's kind of an unknown i can, I, I know of two though yeah the ones that have actually spoken with you but mm-hmm. as you said you have no idea how many people just start looking around for a house and they can't find one well i guess we're not going there yeah and we want problem solvers that do their homework yeah um we wouldn't want to hire somebody and then have them pull out or resign because they can't they they couldn't find somewhere to live on the other hand we have one officer in the academy right now whose name is armand enslin who moved here um working on a ranch in the western part of the state that was able to find a nice place pretty quick pretty quick yeah Well, that's fantastic to hear. Now, when it comes to changing that culture, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, second guess any former chief, but to develop that, how how did you start that path to sit everyone down and say, we're going to go kind of from this type of policing over to more of a public servant type? It's simply a clear setting, clear expectations. Uh, You have to 
clearly identify what your goals and objectives are. This is our mission. This is how we're going to accomplish that mission. The expectations are X, Y, and Z in order to accomplish our mission at the base level. And the other objective is we want you to think outside the box and help be that, that, that person that helps solve problems that maybe we haven't identified yet. Yeah. And it's empowerment at the lowest level as well. So setting those expectations and empowering your individuals and your employees to do the right thing for the right reasons. And, and, that, and given that, that, giving them that freedom to do that. You know, micromanagement is a, is a, um, a killer for, 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 motivated, for a motivated workforce. Absolutely. Um, I may sometimes be too laissez-faire in <laughs> style, but I, have a, I put a great team together too. You did, yeah. A, a team of administration that, that really, we're all driving towards the same mission. And I think that clear identified mission and goals, when everybody is driving this, the, in the same direction, it just brings everybody on. And then finding that right fit for employment that's going to continue that, that recognizes that, that is empowered to accomplish that mission. And you say, here's, here's, here's what we need you to do to, make, to accomplish our mission. And it, it really becomes kind of self-perpetuating and, so, and it, it just kind of rolls. And then you see that at every level of the department that at every level, it doesn't matter whether you're senior administration or you're a brand new officer, that they identify with that and they're not afraid to call it out when they don't see somebody acting in that same manner. And this is not something that happened overnight. I mean, this happened back, back with Chief Yardis in 20, 2000, whatever. Um, the, the, it's, like, it's the old cliche, uh, steering an aircraft carrier. Yeah, yeah. It takes a while takes, to turn around. Takes a while. Um, so the, the, the need was recognized in, in 2000, but it's really accelerated and, and, and snowballed. Um, I think the, the biggest difference now is we allow officers and community service officers and dispatchers and records and evidence technicians to express themselves through their work. Um, the way they, 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 they know they have the freedom to, to work hard and make their decisions to pick their correct way out of many correct ways to solve a problem. And they're not going to be met with, you should have done it this way or you should have yeah. done this or that. The problem's solved through one way. I think the biggest uh, fault of most leaders is to try to make something 3% better yeah. um, to where you've, you've, you've taken an excellent solution. And what people are really doing then is trying to put their own stamp on it when, in fact, that line-level worker has done a fantastic job and they should have complete ownership of it. Absolutely. And I, I think that's where we have set ourselves apart is um, – it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, um, but we have people making great decisions at three o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we have 25-year-olds trying to solve marital problems for people in 15 minutes that have taken 25 years to, to, <laughs> that, to, to, to build up. Yeah. yeah. So th these are the people we're hiring, and we don't. And the other, we do not have unrealistic, unrealistic ex expectations of our of our people because those are the kinds of problems they're dealing with. Yeah, um, and on it, a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On that, I got to take a quick commercial break. We're going to have more with our Sheridan Police Department right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. 
you're tired of dealing with complicated bank switches, at First Federal Bank and Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer. You're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. Unveil the past with Museum at the Bighorns. The museum invites you to join them on September 8th and 9th, Friday and Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. as they present the Living History Cemetery Tours at the Sheridan Municipal Cemetery, where history comes alive with their engaging guides. Get your tickets online at museumatthebighorns.org or visit us at 850 Sibley Circle. For just $25, relive history and witness the past with Museum at the Bighorns. Everyone is welcome to come find God at an old-time revival presented by the Sheridan United Pentecostal Church, Saturday, September 9th at both 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Can't make it Saturday? Join them again on Sunday, September 10th at 10 a.m. Reawaken your love for the Lord and get inspired. The Sheridan United Pentecostal Church Old Time Revival, September 9th and 10th, 720 South Sheridan Avenue on the corner of South Sheridan and Coffeen. Are you tired of the same old, same old when you go out to dinner? Well, grab your taste buds and fasten your seatbelts because Frackleton's is about to take your palate on a roller coaster ride of flavor. Succulent steaks that practically melt in your mouth. Pasta so good it could make an Italian grandma do the cha-cha. Did we mention our salads? They're so fresh they practically introduce themselves. It's where your taste buds high-five each other. Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits, Main Street, downtown Sheridan. Do you happen to remember last winter? The snow, the ice, getting stuck in the driveway? New tires help. Prepare this winter. Stop in Midas Tire and Auto for a no-cost tire evaluation. Midas will help you find the right tire for the right price. And now, during the fall tire event, save $140 on Michelin tires through September. If you're looking for Hankook or Cooper tires, wait till October. Buy three, get one free. Getting and keeping you safely on the road. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane and Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. Proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning I am speaking with Sheridan Police Department Chief Travis Koltiska and Captain Tom Ringley. We're talking about the hiring process, and more than that, we're talking about the culture and uh, a sense of community policing that has been developed over the course of the last 20 years and how applicants who approach the police department for a job are being hired based on character. Now, as we discussed in past shows, the Sheridan Police Department's committed to hiring only the best qualified applicants through this positive recruitment selection effort. Who is ultimately responsible for this hiring process? I mean, I know everything comes back down to the chief. And that's uh, him. And, and you're the one who ultimately... Okay. 
Yeah, it, it's the way the process works is once, you know, through the testing process and it goes into the background, the most um, extensive part of the, of the whole process is that background. And I have our detectives um, are responsible for conducting background investigations. That's reviewed by the support services lieutenant and then Captain Ringley. Trust me, by the time it makes it to me, the background makes it to me and I've got stamps of approval. I, I have complete faith in my lieutenant, my captains. It's been objection. filtered and vetted. They, they have vetted it. Um, but ultimately, it's my responsibility, and I'm the one that's accountable to that hiring and that, and that process because I'm the one that makes the final decision and makes that final offer of employment. Yeah. Now, you said that there's been some changes in the, in the testing. What, uh, what has changed in the, in the testing process? Um, the, the major change, I mean, we're always tweaking it. We just, next month, we're going to have a new set of oral board questions. But the major change is that candidates no longer have to travel to the Sheridan to take the written test, okay. which can cost thousands of dollars. They can, we've uh, hired a vendor called the National Testing Network to not only uh, administer our, our, our written exam remotely, but also to do some advertising for us. But now a, a candidate can um, go to the National Testing Network and the information's on our website um, and take the test remotely. They will, uh, the company proctors it. I, I think you've got to have a camera on your computer. Um, and they can uh, save them if they fail it. It's no cost to them. We, we, we pay for the test. Um, so when people come see us, it, a, it makes for a less busy day. It's just a physical fitness assessment in the morning, which generally will start at nine o'clock, and an oral panel in the afternoon or an in, oral interview board. Because we, I mean, we kind of feel bad that our written test is by no means um, rocket science; it's general knowledge. But we still feel for the people that spend a lot of money to come here and, and fail right. that stuff. So it can relieve them of um, some of that burden. And even people that we wanted um, the the pass, it's just good for them to take the test in a more comfortable environment. Because it, it is stressful going somewhere to the big room and taking a written exam. We've all done it. Sitting down with a <laughs> yep. bunch of other people and yeah. pencils up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the test, can I ask what type of general questions? Uh, are, are we looking at criminal no. justice? No. No. Or, it's not police or criminal justice related. Really? It is general knowledge. And, and be, um, you know, there's math on it. There's English. There's grammar. There's all kinds of stuff on there on this test. So because, that, you know, that's kind of a well-rounded... <laughs> The, the, there's, uh, the test was administered by post, peace officer standards and training, and, and trust me, you have to use all those skills. You don't have to come in. We will teach you what you need to know. And and, and, we're, and maybe we have somebody in Washington State who's, who has a different set of criminal statutes than the state of Wyoming does has taken us. Um, the amount of studying they would have to do to know all the Wyoming statutes, it would not put them at a fair advantage. That is a great you know, point, Just an example. So, it w and we will teach all the everything you need to know about the criminal justice system when you come to work for us yeah. same for, the academy for sure. our oral interview i mean mm -hmm. i'm not going to tell the question but almost all of them are like tell us about a time there's um, not a there's not a criminal justice but, but, question on it yeah it now if you have previous experience it would make it easier because you have more experience to draw on for, for more life experience um but we've had 22 year olds pass it because they've got life experience they went out and they, uh, then some realized that they may not have work experience, but they've gone out on, made it a point to put themselves out, out into life, 
uh, whether it's volunteer work or belonging yeah. to certain organizations, and it, it works for them. But have yeah. a little bit of conflict resolution yeah. or something like that. It, if I can do this, anyone can. It, it's not complicated. Um, it's just a matter of really having the character to stay the course and make those tough decisions under t tough circumstances and implement those decisions. You know, people frequently say, but, "Well, that was a really hard decision." The answer to a decision is really hard. It's implementing that answer and yeah. implementing a solution that can be uncomfortable. Yeah, and being able to sit there, uh, you yeah. know, uh, under watchful eyes. How many yeah. individuals sit on this board? Uh, myself and the two lieutenants. So yeah. a, a board of three four. to four individuals yeah. uh, throwing these questions at that in itself is somewhat nerve-wracking. And, yeah. and but conflict and mediation, uh, you know, it, probably one of the biggest things I uh, really draw from in life. Uh, just a simple one-on-one course, but uh, the amount of times I've pulled from that. Yep. And then as I've, I've, I've told you in, in the past and uh, uh, frequently, PLDC, I draw off of that all the time. Um, it's a very simple course that the Army offers, but it, it works. To, you know, to circle back a little bit, and I hate that. Buzz phrase, but probably the biggest change in the last three years is we will implement those difficult solutions. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and in a, probably a more efficient manner. Now, are, we are currently taking applications. So yes, if someone are. out there is listening and they're like, you know what, I'm ready for this, I'm committed, I think I can fit that character, either jump on the website, but we're also still giving this test in person. No. no so it's, we've it's, gone it, completely it, 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 online. Yeah, it, it, okay. It's all, it, it's all remote. All right. And and do you remember that website? Oh, you can get there, to there, it. There'll be a link to it on our website yeah. under the hiring. So they can click on it. They can see the advertisement. Click, it'll go right to that company, and they can sign up to take the test. And it'll be, like I said, the information that they need will be all available right through the National Testing Network. And if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to write a little news story and also put that link up Please on our do. website yep. and see if we can get uh, generate some interest. Anybody has any doubts whatsoever, just give me a call at 672-2413. You know, right. I think that's the key and I'll stress that too is is we talk about the right person for this department. This department also has to be right for that person. It's yeah. a two it's a symbiotic relationship. It's got to be two-way. We encourage anybody that's interested to come down and visit, come down and sit in dispatch, come down and ride with an officer, talk to any officers down there um we want that individual who may be interested in a career in law enforcement to be as comfortable with our department as we are with them or more so and that's that's step number one so get to know who we are as an agency get to know what we look for in our candidates and and then you'll do fine in our process chief and i can do that also through the web, uh, looking at policies, uh, procedures. I mean, there's a lot on your website. I can sit there down is, and There's really a lot. We, we advertise a lot on our social media page. Um, mo most of the policies and procedures are on a, a, a different platform, but they're public records. So if, but, yeah, we, we have a lot of information on our website that, that we encourage people to get on there and, and, and explore. But there's, I still think that that in-person, if you're here, and, if you're local and you're here and you're listening, please come down, talk to us. We'll, we'll tell you everything. We'll answer every question you have. Because it doesn't take a lot to get a ride along, does no. it? No. Just a nope. simple request, really. Yeah. Well, it, there is a, 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 a local records check on it. Yeah, um, uh, so which is fair. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> if, it, if you've got multiple fel recent felonies, you're likely not going to be doing a ride along, let's just be honest. Um, 
and because for one you're not an applicant but we, we do ride alongs for those that are not interested in, in necessarily interested in employment as well under under certain situations to kind of get a but feel it's got to be approved and okayed by by the, by the shift supervisor absolutely chief captain i've run out of time i greatly appreciate you coming in here and speaking with me this morning i love the conversation Thanks, uh, so Thanks, we go off script all the time and yeah, i love we didn't it cover any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but i think what we did cover was absolutely amazing i greatly appreciate you guys stay Thanks, safe out there. Appreciate it. Thanks, all right when we come back we're going to speak with the sheridan or excuse me the johnson county commission chair bill novotny you're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Thorn Rider Foundation is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. The world-renowned theatrical equestrian experience of Cirque Maceo is coming September 8th through the 10th for the first time ever to the Sheridan County Fairgrounds. Friday at 7, Saturday at 4 and 7, Sunday at 1 and 4, showcasing the magical bond between horse and man with a blend of graceful to daredevil. Tickets at CirqueMaceo.com. Don't miss Cirque Maceo. Heads up, whether it's at work, at home, or play, take a few seconds to look up and locate any overhead power lines. When working outside, be sure to keep yourself and any tools or equipment you're using at least 10 feet away. Teach your children to fly kites or toys in areas away from overhead power lines. And do not attempt to remove anything that has become tangled with a line. Always assume an overhead power line is energized and dangerous. A safety message brought to you by Montana Dakota Utilities. In the community to serve. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan since 2010. With all these years of experience, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. From new construction to remodels, repairs of existing systems to retrofitting, Wrap Plumbing and Heating can do it all. They are professional, clean, and courteous. Call 429-1196 for all your plumbing or heating needs. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Get ready, September explorers. It's time to embark on cozy journeys through the fall foliage. And where should that journey begin? Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet, your premier destination for discovering the perfect vehicle for your early fall adventures. As the leaves change, so does their pre-owned inventory. Vehicles are rolling off the lot as fast as the leaves are falling. September is the month to change your ride. Experience the wearing way of buying vehicles. Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet. 107 Nostalgia. Online. Wearing Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting for the second part of our show this morning. I am joined by the chair of the Johnson County Commission, Mr. Bill Novotny. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Floyd. Uh, it's good to visit with you. I was a little nervous when you let me in with those 
Sheridan commissioners, which are in the news. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that. Uh, looking at the wrong uh, at the wrong part on on my uh, little prep work here. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to call them canned responses as well. Um, now, when it comes to uh, uh, the smoke over there in Buffalo, are you getting the same amount of smoke that Sheridan's getting here, sir? Well, we definitely had it uh, yesterday, but I don't know what time you left Buffalo to get over there, but it is definitely cleared up here. And when I called in, I visited with Trevor, and it sounds like you guys are going to lose yours uh, this afternoon, but it's definitely cleared up. So those folks with allergies and uh, asthma that had concerns, it's kind of leaving, so get out and enjoy uh, these beautiful fall days. Absolutely. Now, now, how was the summer overall in Johnson County as we as we stare down the barrel of fall? You know, I, all in all, and I, we haven't looked at the uh, occupancy figures from the hotels yet. They usually put those together in a lump sum, and, and the tourism board puts those out as well as analyze the sales tax figures last year over this year. But overall, I think the traffic... Uh, was certainly we weren't at the peak uh, uh, of that end of the COVID lockdown, but certainly this was a great summer despite higher than uh, normal gas prices. Of course, the inflationary pressure that people are feeling, but it was it was good. There were a lot of great activities. Uh, you know, I don't think there was a tree in the Bighorns uh, this last weekend that didn't have a camper underneath it. So I think all in all, it was a great summer for us. Have you had an opportunity to get out there and get on the mountain this year? I have a couple of times, and certainly we spent uh, most of this last weekend pretty close to uh, Dole Knife Reservoir where we take our sheep during the summer months, and it was just great to be up there and uh, certainly hope get a few more uh, weekends up there before the snow flies. So uh, I don't mean to get off uh, topic too quick because I do want to talk about property taxes. But before we get there, uh, do you have a sheep camper uh, like the old uh, sheep herders used to have? I, I do have a sheep wagon, Floyd, and it's kind of cool. Uh, in high school, I worked for a lady by the name of Marion Lester, and she was the heir to the Lester Sheep Company. And my great-grandfather, uh, William Shepard, had worked for her. So we like to think that the wagon I have today maybe there's a chance that my great-grandfather worked out of. But uh, my dad was able to buy it from Marion uh, when I was in high school, and it was basically in shambles, and he completely restored it. Uh, and that's what I got for high school graduation. So I do have uh, a circa 1900 uh, cheap wagon on wagon wheels with bows and uh, a canvas top. It's actually, we use this stuff, it's called truck tarp, uh, and a great lady in Buffalo by the name of Celia Ann Bollinger, who's got B&L upholstery, makes all the covers for us. And so, yep, I've got one, and I love staying in it. I, I loved those things growing up. Whenever we were out herding cattle, uh, there was a lot of sheep operation up there where my uncle Range rode, and we would stop off and speak with these sheep herders quite frequently, just kind of get the lay of the land, see how things were going, and I, and, and I absolutely loved the way that these sheep, sheep trailers were set up and and able to store so much in such a small little space an absolute marvel of engineering uh i did uh, promise that i'd get to this you said you received your property tax bill on friday i i did and like everybody else you take a deep breath when you open that envelope and then the sticker shock sets in and uh we're coming up on now a time where folks that did dispute their property taxes 
are going to have their hearings before the county board of equalization. Uh, that's scheduled for the 15th of September. But I think what's more important is that in uh, October, the Revenue Committee is going to meet and look at, I believe, 12 different options to bring property tax relief. Uh, and the only way we're going to get property tax relief is if the legislature acts. Uh, it's not because of your county commissioners. It's not because of your special districts. It's certainly not because of your assessors who are just following the law. Uh, property tax relief has to originate in the legislature. So I hope that they can actually get something done, something that is meaningful and that isn't a Band-Aid, uh, and that also realizes that uh, nobody likes property taxes, but property taxes do pay for essential services. So uh, if we're going to have seismic change in the way we assess property taxes, then we're either going to have to decide which services we want uh, to do without or how we're going to pay for those services. So, you know, I'm I'm optimistic that when the legislature meets in October that maybe we'll get something done. Uh, but in the meantime, for those people that want to look at maybe the assessor measured their home wrong or uh, assigned a higher uh, quality than the House actually is, uh, those things can be resolved through the Board of Equalization, and uh, commissioners take that process very, very seriously. Um, and if you've never witnessed the Board of Equalization, it's kind of an interesting process. Uh, there's a hearing officer uh, who kind of runs the hearing, and uh, the county attorney represents the assessor. Uh, then the homeowner is there, and the homeowner can have their own counsel or, or make their arguments themselves. And, and the commissioners sit and, and listen to the arguments uh, and, and render uh, a decision based off of how uh, the process worked, if it did or didn't. Uh, but I need to be clear in that process, Floyd, that the commissioners cannot change the value that's set. Uh, if we discover that the uh, assessor made an error on a measurement or, or something, then we remand it back to their office and they fix it. Uh, and that's how we keep the separation of power uh, between those offices and make sure that the process works. So even though you go to the Board of Legalization, the commissioners cannot change your taxes they either remand it back to the assessor, they affirm the assessor's opinion, uh, and at that point then the assessor or the taxpayer could appeal whatever the decision of that hearing is. The state board equalization. Now, when it comes to lawmakers meeting and, and trying to change this, many legislators had bills that died before they could get too far. Now they've made the decision that they're going to have to change the Wyoming Constitution and go from there. From what you've heard, uh, how is this being worked through? What's the process that we have to follow to get this done? Is everybody allowed to show up to legislature next year with a proposal? They are. But just remember, Floyd, that we're going into a budget session, and it's the 20 days shorter session. So if you have a bill that is not germane to the budget, it takes two-thirds introductory vote. So... You're going to see a lot of those bills that uh, get introduced and either never get an introductory vote or don't make it past the, uh, that first introductory vote. But I think what is key, one of the good things that the legislature did get done last year was that next year the voters of Wyoming will have the choice to separate their homes uh, into a fourth class of property, which will then allow the uh, assessment rate to be dropped on those 
which would give us uh, real lasting property tax relief. And anybody that tells you that that constitutional amendment is a bad idea is disingenuous and does not want to get relief to property owners. Because that's really the only way that we can change the taxes on property, correct? We have to adjust this. Well, it's it's part of some of the ways you can address it. But again, you have to also, uh, it's probably one of the most constitutional ways to get, uh, because we'll actually be amending the Constitution, because there are provisions in the Constitution that pertain to taxation, and it's got to be fair and equitable, which are an interesting choice of words, but they're what's there. But uh, creating that fourth class uh, is going to hopefully bring lasting property tax relief. Now, sir, just a real quick question. I, I, I think I got about four minutes left. Uh, did Johnson County residents really take advantage of that property tax relief program? Uh, so, Floyd, we will have the figures back from the state later this fall, but I have a pretty strong feeling based off of the traffic that the treasurer's office had that, yes, folks did utilize that program. And uh, those checks, I believe, were sent out in July and so uh, the state is still gathering the data to make sure that, that they got cashed and everything. But we'll have those figures a little later this fall. And, and I have a strong feeling, based on the numbers of packets that were issued by the treasurer's office in Johnson County, that a lot of Johnson County residents did take advantage of the property tax relief program that's on the books uh, and that was expanded. Fantastic. That's good to hear. Uh, I, I did my best to try and get as much information out there as I could about this property tax relief program, and I hope that as many people took advantage of it uh, as as they could. Now, now, minerals are no longer bringing in the funds that they used to. It certainly appears that they're never going to do so again. Uh, you talked about maybe uh, splitting the services or deciding which ones we need to have to go forward from here. What has the conversation been like at uh, the Wyoming County Commissioners Association? Uh, it's going to have to be a quick answer, sir. I got two minutes. Uh, Floyd, it's that we've got to continue health, welfare, and safety. And those are our directives uh, from the legislature and in the Constitution. So uh, I don't, we don't provide a lot of services that fall without that area. So we will do our best to do, as we always do, more uh, with less. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's always tough to try and make those decisions and cut. Uh, but uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, uh, Governor Gordon has actually managed to make this one of the uh, cheapest governments uh, in, in the nation right now. Am I correct in that? Uh, certainly, it's been pared down dramatically from what the budget was years and years ago. And if you look at our overall savings rate, uh, Wyoming is in good shape. We don't have any debt. Uh, we don't have a personal income tax, low sales tax, and compared to our uh, neighbors, uh, actually proportionately lower property taxes. So uh, we're in good shape. That's good to hear because I was actually really concerned, you know, with those minerals not being what they used to be. That was such a revenue stream for us. Uh, Commissioner, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us this morning. It is always a pleasure, sir. Good to talk with you, Floyd. Have a great rest of the day. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared.
Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Shared Media. As part of their community commitment, the Thorn Rider Foundation is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Shared Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. The Total Store remodel is underway at Legacy Diamond and Gems. They are open at a temporary location, 17 East Lauk Street, between P.O. News and the Chocolate Tree. Legacy Diamond and Gems will continue their full-service jewelry and watch repair and personalized custom designs from their two graduate bench jewelers. You can also set up an appointment to view inventory from other departments. Legacy Diamond and Gems will reopen soon. In the meantime, visit online at LegacyDiamondGems.com or stop by 17 East Lauks in Sheridan. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's shared in Buffalo and Gillette. There's something magical about cooking with fresh local ingredients, and that's exactly what we're doing at Rooted in Wyoming's 7th Annual Farm to Table Dinner at Born in a Barn. This is Ty Bach, and I'm teaming up with seven other local chefs to create a menu close to our roots. We're using fresh ingredients straight from our Wyoming fields and farms to your plate. Shot in the foot and 10 cent stranger will set the mood. And the best part? Thanks to the Standish Family Fund, every donation is doubled to 100000 I promise you, you won't want to miss out. Head to rootedinwyoming.org under the Farm to Table tab. Join us for an authentic Farm to Table feast in support of Rooted in Wyoming. Join Grammy Award winner and Grand Ole Opry member Pam Tillis at the Y.O. Theater this Thursday, September 7th at 7 p.m. The daughter of country music legend Mel Tillis, Pam is a singer-songwriter with two number one singles and six number one songs throughout the 90s country explosion. Live at Sheridan's Wild Theater this Thursday, 7 p.m. Grab your tickets today at the Wild Theater box office or online at wildtheater.com. KROE, Sheridan, broadcasting from the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio. KROE.